Welcome to the Why Carp Why Not podcast. This is episode 35, Sleep Tech. I'm your host, Yossi Carp, and let's talk about technology, writing, gadgets, gizmos, and the stuff of life that makes it interesting. Way back when, in episode 17 of this podcast, which I called Good Night, Sweetheart, we discussed how difficult it is for us to get to bed at a reasonable hour. All of those attention-grabbing beeps and bleeps that our phones make, the time-sucking internet, the never-ending Netflix binge-watching, and all that. We spoke about how difficult it'll become in the future to convince ourselves to get some shut-eye when we become wholly engrossed in our VR worlds, shooting aliens, sand-surfing on Mars, or virtually climbing Mount Everest. While sometimes you have to push yourself to go to bed, it's kind of ironic that most people don't just jump out of bed and start the day. We moan and groan, turn over, put the pillow over our heads, hit the snooze button just one more time, and do whatever we can to get just a few more minutes of sleep. But whatever happened to those activities you just couldn't stop yourself from doing last night? You were so deeply involved in that video game and didn't notice the time, and when you did, you told yourself, okay, I'll go to bed, just one more game. That actually turned into three. Why aren't you jumping out of bed right now, racing for the console to have just one more game? Instead, you force yourself to push your legs over the side of the bed and you sit there, slouched over, slowly coming to, trying to remember what day it is and what is so important that you need to disturb your nice, warm, cozy slumber. Getting the right amount of sleep and good quality sleep seems to be a rarity in today's fast-paced world. Getting the right kind of sleep is so important for your mental and physical well-being. I went through a stage when I was having a lot of trouble getting good quality sleep, so my doctor suggested that I go to a sleep clinic to do an overnight test. Lab-based tests are considered the gold standard, but I was very skeptical that the results would actually prove anything. I mean, first of all, they attached a bunch of electrodes to my head to measure brain waves. How am I supposed to have a regular night's sleep knowing that my head is connected to a computer by tens of wires? They also clamped on O2 reader to my finger, so that was not particularly comfortable. Next, the room they gave me smelt of antiseptic, and the room next door was occupied by a young boy and his mother. The kid didn't stop crying the whole night. And lastly, they focused a video camera on me to track my movements. That was absolutely not an environment conducive to a good night's sleep. How could they get any idea of my regular sleep patterns under such circumstances? It's true that, especially in a data-driven world, the only way to know how to fix our sleep habits is to first measure it. But luckily, there's a lot you can do at home without having to spend the night in a smelly, noisy place 
hooked up to a computer like some prisoner undergoing mental correction in a dystopian future. There are many different devices that measure sleep and report the results to you that you can buy and use at home. You can use the results to tweak your sleep habits to maximize the benefit you get from being unconscious for all those hours. These are called sleep monitors. They track your sleep and report back to you on how much sleep you got and what kind of sleep it was. Deep sleep, light sleep, or REM sleep. There are a few types of monitoring devices. You can go with the ones that fit over your head and measure your brain waves during sleep. These are typically the most accurate. They're also not so comfortable, I mean, unless you're a Disney princess who is used to wearing a tiara to bed, it can be sort of distracting. But if you can get used to that over time, it can be very helpful. There's also under-the-sheet sensor pads that monitor all sorts of data points such as heart rate, respiration and so on. Less accurate but still useful are bands that you wear on your wrist that measure pulse and movement during sleep. That's called actigraphy. It does this to figure out your sleep patterns. The least accurate options are apps on your phone that you put next to you in bed to measure your sleep patterns solely based on your movements. Smart beds can supposedly work wonders for your sleep. They monitor your sleep and automatically adjust the contours of the mattress so that you get the best support for your side, back and stomach. I guess that makes sense. Uh, think about it. You probably don't sleep the same way every night, so having a mattress that changes to give you maximum support in real time is genius. Ever used a white noise machine? They're supposed to cover over the sounds around you and calm you down or whatever. The latest thing for the bedroom are devices that cover the room in the right type of sound waves for the acoustics of your room. It seems a little bit kooky to me, but if it works, well, it works. But the problem is, not all of these do-it-yourself sleep measuring devices actually work. For example, when using actigraphy to measure sleep patterns, that's movement during sleep, these devices don't record awake time, because often, people who wake during the night stay motionless. As with anything health-related, and sleep is definitely a health-related issue, it is never wise to self-diagnose and worse, self-medicate, relying on the results of consumer devices to determine whether or not you have a sleep condition is very unwise. According to an article in The Nature and Science of Sleep, published in 2015, one of the problems faced by consumers of sleep monitoring products is that they measure something the companies call wellness. In other words, they're not sold as medical devices. What does the word wellness mean, and how is it different to the word health? And the claims that these companies make about their features and accuracy can confuse people into thinking that they're actually medical devices. Also, with major companies like Apple becoming involved in this space, consumers might think that the results are to be trusted, whereas the results could be way off. But sleep trackers aren't necessarily a bad thing. They can indicate if something is wrong, 
and you can take that to the doctor and get a more professional opinion. Tracking your habits is also a good way to motivate yourself to do better. So using a sleep tracker is also good for that. It's like keeping a score you always want to improve. Yannick Weiler writes on the website Sleep Junkies that sleep trackers can also have a negative impact on your sleep patterns. To paraphrase, he says that you could potentially create a bad habit of obsessing over your bad sleep results, which cause you to become anxious whenever you go to bed, creating a downward cycle. To counteract this, he suggests becoming aware that you are prone to this kind of obsessive thinking and to catch yourself when you're doing it. Of course, for such a person, probably throwing out your sleep tracker is the best option. But whichever way you look at it, quality sleep is important. And if you think a sleep tracker will help motivate you towards getting better sleep, then go for it. Just be careful what you do with the results. And just to finish off, there's a terrible old joke that goes something like this. My late grandfather died peacefully in his sleep, not like the 50 people yelling and screaming in his bus as he drove over a cliff. And now, one for your stargazing. Astronomers who want to study the stars typically go to some remote place far out of the way of disturbing city lights to look up at the stars. Sounds like a lonely life, just you, a massive telescope, and the entire cosmos. How about making astronomy a social experience, just like everything else? I flipped a story about a social telescope into my online Flipboard magazine, Everyone Needs One of These. The Stellene is a portable telescope that looks like a cross between a smartphone and a Dalek. It has a motorized design and adjusts automatically to give you the best views of the stars. Once it locks in on a spot, it sends an image to your phone that you can then share with all of your friends. All you have to do is lay out $3,000 for this thing and you'll never be a lonely astronomer again. Check out my online magazine Everyone Needs One of These for new, interesting and innovative products on Flipboard, a free app that you can download for your iPhone or Android device. Or you can go to www.ycarp.com magazine to flip through it on your desktop or laptop. Check out the show notes on www.ycarp.com for links to some of the resources I used for this podcast episode. New episodes of this podcast are published every week. Subscribe to Why Carp Why Not on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss an episode. Please rate and share. It helps people to find this podcast so they can enjoy it too. For comments, feedback, sponsorship opportunities, and to submit ideas, contact me at whynot at whycarp.com. That's W-H-Y-N-O-T at Y-K-A-R-P.com or find me on Facebook or Twitter. Intro and outro music by bensound.com and Arokia. You've been listening to Why Carp Why Not. I'm Yossi Carp. Thanks for listening.